0: Sometimes. Welcome to Subtle Beast, everybody. I am your host, Volts. With me, as always, my main man, my co-host, my brother from another mother, Mr. Steve Apostolopoulos. What's happening, bro? Hey, Volts. What's up, man? What's going on? Oh, not a whole lot. Happy New Year. Ah,
1: thank you, Subtle Beast. Happy New Year to you.
0: Yes, Happy New Year to everyone listening out there, and try and do your best to not write 2022 on all your checks and
1: right for the next and- month. I'll be writing 2022 and. Breaking my, uh, what do you make? What are those things called? You make them every oh, year. Oh, the
0: resolutions. Oh, yeah, not breaking my resolutions. Yeah, they're tough to keep. Um, I try not to make them. I usually state something that I'm going to do, and I'm not going to go into what mine was, but on January 2nd, I was already not able to <laughs> do it. <laughs> <laughs> because it the whole day. My, my wife had an appointment, and I was just like, oh, well. I can't do it now because I needed that vehicle, and I digress. Anyways, happy new year to y'all, and I hope that you have a great and prosperous 2023 and that it continues to be amazing for you. Uh, Speaking of 2023, we're fast or quickly approaching the future and all the different possibilities out there. Um, I know for uh, Steve and I, one of our uh, favorite movies is The Matrix, Really good movie. The Matrix trilogy. Oh, I guess, is there four parts now? There is four parts now. Can you count the last one as a part? It's like a reboot. Matrix is three. Yeah, I'm always going to remember it as the three. I mean, the fourth, saw it. I was a little underwhelmed, if you will. There was so much more that they could have done with it and they didn't... didn't,
1: It didn't really advance the story. The trilogy really advanced the story.
0: Yeah, I mean, I have to be honest. I mean, I think there was actually times during the fourth one that uh, I was kind of lost, and I was just like, how is this supposed to tie in to the original trilogy? But anyways, so... But everybody, I mean, I'm, I'm sure our listeners are quite familiar with The Matrix, and, you know, when Neo decides that he's going to Red Pill... And he's gonna bring himself out of the matrix, and they bring you into that facility that's just run by these AI bots that are almost like uh, like birthing insects, if you will, that come to your pod and they nourish you and they they give you life. And but Neo breaks free of it. You know, he gets flushed down the tube, and then you know Morpheus and those guys they find him, and you know they bring him out of the matrix, and. Watching that movie, I mean, I mean, that movie's got to be over twenty years old now. Um, people were probably always thinking, well, maybe you know, in a hundred years, maybe two hundred years, something like that would be possible. But we're here to tell you that it's a lot closer to reality than uh than one might think. And we're going to go into that today, because as you can tell from the title, our topic is ectolife. And ectolife is basically, uh, if you picture uh, when Neo was in that pod in the Matrix before, when he was connected to all these tubes and he had all, you know, going down his back and the back of his head and all that, just growing him his entire life and giving him the projection of uh, of a false reality, his entire quote unquote life. That's what this is. And basically, we're going to break it down. The technology is there. Um, the facilities that will house these birthing pods, if you will, are not yet a reality. But all the technology is there. All the technology checks out. Basically, all it's going to take now is for some big giant conglomerate to uh, to run forward and build these facilities and to have uh, volunteers willing to uh, have their baby inside of a, of a birthing pod instead of an actual womb of the mother.
1: You know, the information age has been coming upon us so fast, and they say that it is exponentially getting faster and that these breakthroughs are going to continue to come out just as fast as they have been. And if you think about it, whatever, five years ago, no self-driving cars. Now, self-driving cars, very much a reality. Well, yeah. I mean, I was in the grocery store the other day, and
0: this robot came up and like kind of almost like ran into me. And it's there to like you know scan the entire. Uh, uh, they do inventory with yeah, it. Yeah, they do the they do the inventory. So it's just like man, and you got the 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 automatic checkout. I mean, jobs in the future. <clears throat> Are, are there going to even be enough jobs for everybody? Because robots and artificial intelligence are taking over a lot. And me and Steve are going to be doing a show on some new artificial intelligence that's going to be coming out uh, probably within the next year. That's just mind-blowing. Really next level. So, um, But we won't talk too much about that right now. We're going to jump in here to Ectolife, and we're going to get started, and we're going to give you the synopsis, the breakdown of what is a, in our potential... Uh, future. So the future of childbirth. Now there's a biotechnologist and film producer named Hashem Agali. And, t- and he, he has a take that on this that's unsettling but fascinating at the same time. The world's first artificial womb facility. The AI-powered complex offers future parents a presumably safer alternative to natural childbirth. And that eliminates the often fatal complications that are associated with childbirth. Now, according to uh, the World Health Organization, there's around 300,000 women that die from pregnancy complications. An ectolife artificial womb is designed to alleviate human suffering and reduce the chances of C-sections. Now, instead of a mother pushing painfully with her body, couples are asked to push a button that births their incubated child. The project is also designed for women who have had their uteruses removed following health issues, so, uh, like, like cancer, for example. Now, ectolife, it can be deployed in countries with severe declines in population growth. Now, that's a phenomenon considered by many as a threat to civilization. I mean, even Elon Musk has talked about it. We need to get a grip on, uh, on our population growth because it's declining. And, you know, some experts say that's even declining. Uh, it's been declining since 1960. Now, nations like South Korea bulgaria and japan with severely low birth rates are considered ideal grounds to launch this initiative now that said while the video there so there's a video out there so if you want to check out what this looks like just go to your youtube and and type in um type in ectolife and you'll be able to i think it's like an eight minute video and they'll show you what these facilities are going to look like and so it's pretty crazy now the video does paint an ambitious and utopian picture Viewers cannot help but catch the slightly chilling undertones creeping into every frame, leaving them to ponder the implications of such an idea, which is understandable. I mean, I know that when I watched the video, I was just like, I had a lot of different thoughts. Like, is this morally right? Uh, Should this be done? Um, Is our future that bleak that we are going to have to turn to AI, artificial intelligence, or just a... uh, an artificial mother's womb, if you will, to keep the human race going. Because like Musk said, uh, if there's not enough people here on earth, then there's definitely not going to be enough people to send to Mars and colonize that one day. So is this going to be the way? Now, we can, uh, is replicate, it can replicate the exact conditions found inside of a uterus. Now, ectolife by Hashem al unfolds a huge sci-fi inspired facility with 75 state-of-the-art labs each hosting up to 400 growth pods or artificial wombs that replicate the exact conditions found inside a woman's uterus now a single facility it can incubate 30,000 lab-grown babies a year in an infection-free environment and i think that's basically what the birth rate is as of right now is 30,000 babies um in, I don't know if it's the world, but within the United States, that that are born every year, thirty thousand. Now, every growth pod is equipped with sensors that monitor vital signs like heartbeat, oxygenation saturation, temperature, breathing, and blood pressure. While an AI system monitors physical features and picks up on potential genetic abnormalities. You know, so so far that doesn't sound too bad. I mean, you have it's almost like a uh, round-the-clock doctor monitoring everything that's going on with with, uh, your baby as it's growing in this artificial womb. Now, to ensure and support health growth, babies are steadily and sustainably maintained by two central bioreactors. Now, the first bioreactor pumps nutrients, vital hormones, antibodies, growth factors, oxygen, and an amniotic-like liquid solution through an artificial umbilical cord. Now, additionally, thanks to an AI-controlled system, each baby receives custom nutrients tailored to their needs. Meanwhile, the second bioreactor takes in and recycles the baby's waste products released via the artificial umbilical cord. We just have to hope that those
1: two just don't get crossed Can't put the one in the other yeah don't yeah don't don't cross the streams if you will, dude, you know what blows my mind just a short time ago, all you needed was a midwife, and there's still i mean there's still definitely a ton of births in the world where they're just bringing in a midwife
0: yeah, I mean, if you think about like uh the Hollywood elite, they do it all the time for numerous where they want to keep their figure they don't want they want to keep making their appearances without being overly tired from being pregnant.
1: I mean that's a surrogate but this a midwife is just someone who delivers the baby. Oh right right so right. So like right. instead of going into the hospital getting hooked up to the monitors where it's doing your heart rate, the baby's heart rate, the temperatures, all those things it wasn't very long ago that they were doing nothing. There was just a lady that came in, looked at it. Okay, you're dilated. We're going to do some breathing exercises, and then we're going to get some good pushes. It's going to come out. We're going to cut the cord, and that's going to be it.
0: Yeah, like the mother's basically sitting in like a uh, like a baby pool full of water. And I, I mean, I would have to assume, I mean, here in, in Pennsylvania where me and Steve live, uh, we have large Amish communities. Yeah. I'm sure that that's exactly what they're doing because they don't go to the
1: hospital so to see the difference between that and where we're going to with this without even using a female body is just outrageous it really is steve take us into this next section this one's ai meets vr meets renewable energy technology is at the center of ectolife's operations on the one hand every vital sign is displayed on a screen attached to the growth pod depicting real-time data sent to the parent's phone to track their baby's health remotely. Through the app, parents can enjoy a high-resolution live view of every stage of the development. This includes a growth time-lapse that can be shared with friends and family. Each artificial womb is also fitted with internal speakers that play music or transmit the parent's voice to the unborn child. On the other hand, A 360-degree camera inside the growth pod connects to a parent's VR headset, allowing them to see and hear everything the baby perceives. But that's not all. Using a wireless haptic suit connected to your baby's growth pod, you will be able to sense all the kicks in the womb and share this experience with your friends and family members. Finally, the entire operating system runs on renewable energy, specifically solar and wind power. This ensures zero electricity cuts and therefore unexpected complications throughout the baby's entire growth development. See, that's
0: pretty crazy because with all these 360-degree cameras inside, you'll have people on social media you know, announcing their excitement that they're, that they're pregnant. And here, here, here's the sonogram picture. And when this launches, you would be like, here's what it looks like inside my baby's growth pod. This is what how it hears us. This is what it hears, and this is what it perceives. And this is basically exactly what the baby looks like. And this is what it looked like when it was a month, two months, three months, all the way up until, quote-unquote, birth, if you will, that you can share this. And if you have one of those haptic suits, you want, want to feel the baby kick.
1: Dude, the first uh, haptic suit and the most, like amazing description of a haptic suit that i ever got to hear was in ready player one and i talk about it all the time because i love it uh a book but it's about the future and it's about playing uh it's about gamers playing video games but they are fully they're in these immersion rigs where they put on a haptic suit that can just push different parts of their body and it makes you feel feel like you're in this video game or in this case you're feeling that baby's kick like if you put the haptic suit around your belly and because it can recreate the exact pressure and right where it would be the suit then pushes on your belly right where it should and makes you feel that kick and it's very it's very cool
0: yeah i mean they have haptic suits now that they can uh on onto, um, onto fathers so that, that they can experience what their wife is going to or has gone through during child labor and it just keeps upping it and upping it and I've, I've watched a couple videos on it and props to you women because it just seems like it's excruciating and you know if if men were responsible for childbirth we'd probably have like four babies a year I would think because total I mean women in their ta- their pain tolerance is just Well beyond us men. I mean, if you think about the man's contribution to life, it's really not, (laughs) it's not really all that, uh, that involved, but, um, but it's still important. well, yeah, it's still important. So we have IVF and the freedom of customization as natural childbirth is off the table. Each baby is conceived through in vitro fertilization allowing parents to freely create and select the most viable and genetically superior embryo, giving their baby the chance to develop without any biological hurdles. Customization is offered as an elite package that gives parents the liberty to alter over 300 genes before implanting the embryo into the artificial womb, from selecting hair and eye color to height, intelligent level, skin tone, this pick-and-choose feature is carried out thanks to CRISPR-Cas9 gene editing tool, and you can also use it to fix any inherited genetic gen- uh, diseases. Now, I I like that. I mean, um, I have an autoimmune disease, and when we were pregnant with our children, if I was given the option to be able to remove this one protein that I have that gives me this autoimmune disease, they're like, well, we can remove that. It's not not guaranteed that they'll get the d- the disease, but we can. Re- I'd be like, yeah, get that out of there. I don't want them going through any of that kind of stuff.
1: If that's interesting to you, go back to Subtle Beast's CRISPR show. We've done an entire show on CRISPR, and it was a good one. Yeah, definitely.
0: Now this experience can even provide beyond laboratory walls. Parents who prefer a more intimate option, or parents who have lots of money, can choose to install their own growth pods at home, supported. By miniaturized bioreactors with long-lasting batteries, adding an extra layer of comfort and safety amid this mind-bending yet possible future scenario. Um, I think that if I had the means to do so, that would probably – I mean, if that's the route we had to go, I'd much rather have the pod at home. However, on the downside of that, it would be like, well, if anything would go wrong, you wouldn't have the scientists there to be able to – Think tank it real quick and 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 figure it out, but uh, yeah, you, you don't want I wouldn't want my child just being in like a uh, an AI version of a of a modern day orphanage even before they're born. I want them right there. You can walk by it. Or you can have your if you work from home. You could just have the pod right there, and you could watch every stage of this development not necessarily through VR but with with your own eyes and if you have other kids they could watch it too and you know just bring a whole family or if you have a party come over
1: and see our baby growing i got to disagree with you there i get stuff at my house important stuff we put it on the table make sure everything is there <laughs> make sure it's ready to go in the morning i wake up in the morning there's it's all over the floor i'm like what is going on and you know jack's first one to say cats the cats did that Oh, yeah. I don't want – I want it where it's supposed to be back with all the other 400 babies in where it's – I can look at it on the video. I'm cool with that. I don't want it on the table where the cats, the kids, the party gets a little out of hand. Next thing you know, somebody's bumping the table.
0: True. I mean, that is a good point. I mean, I have two cats, and you never want to wake up and be like – the cat detached the artificial umbilical cord. <laughs> Don't It'd know how to, to get it. Everywhere. There's everywhere. <laughs> the, the food and the waste, everything's mixing. Call the guy. Yeah. Call, Chris, call somebody.
1: Somebody calls. I just want it to be there, getting taken care of the way it's supposed to be, where there's no nothing messing with it. Exactly. Now, there are some people that, uh, that disagree with, uh, with Al
0: Ghali, and his argument goes something like this. Pregnancy is not fun. It can be exhausting, painful, nauseating, intrusive, inconvenient, and sometimes flat-out dangerous for the mother. And there are all kinds of ways it can be suboptimal for a baby. If you're pregnant and you smoke, or party, or stress too much, or catch certain diseases, or you simply don't play enough Mozart, uh, you might not be giving your child the best start that you can. Now, the science isn't far off, says Al Ghali. From being able to replicate the ideal gestation conditions in a temperature-controlled, infection-free womb with a view, an artificial umbilical cord can provide oxygen and nutrition as the tot floats in artificial amniotic fluid. Continually refreshed with precisely tailored hormones, antibodies, and growth factors, baby waste products can be removed, run through a bioreactor, and enzymatically converted back into A steady and sustainable supply of fresh nutrients. Mmm, that sounds delicious.
1: (laughs) Mmm, I mean, there's some waste that's worse than others.
0: I mean, if you think about it now, if you're on, like, city water wherever you live, you're drinking water that used to be
1: in somebody's toilet because... It's true. Water can be brought back to 100%. They can take every particle out of it.
0: Yeah, I used to know a guy that worked in one of those plants. (laughs) Man... Even after he showered, he still smelled god-awful. I bet. I mean, just being around human waste, I I can't even imagine that's that good for you.
1: Or that high paying of a job.
0: Yeah, totally. Now, if you're wondering, how does the baby hear? Well, little speakers can make sure that the tyke is getting the best possible brain nutrition, too. We're talking about all the classical music it can handle as well as your own soothing voice piped in as well to start building the invaluable bond. Vital signs will constantly be monitored as rather forebodingly with physical defects and genetic abnormalities. Real time data on your little Tamagotchi will pop up through a phone app along with the live HD fetus cam and the ability to scroll through time-lapse videos of your child's development from embryo to nine months. That would be really cool to watch. Heck yeah. Uh, Could you imagine being like, how's your baby doing? Well, let me pull up the app. Let me show you. This was last month. Now, human babies are among the most helpless and underdeveloped in the animal kingdom. Why can't we pop out of the womb and take our wobbly first steps five minutes later like a calf does? It's because our brains are too big for the human female hip gap. We're born undercooked with soft, pliable skulls several months behind other animals developmentally. But in an ectolife easy womb, there's no such biological limit. You could experiment with much longer gestation periods. The results might be terrific. So basically they're saying if you go with a longer gestation, the baby could come out and potentially be walking or be
1: able to hold up its own head. Or because of that uh, human hip gap that they're talking about, the brain's being too big for the female human hip gap, You could essentially alter the brain area so that it became larger because that hip gap does not come into play anymore and therefore grow a bigger brain, which seems like it would help.
0: Yeah, I mean, that would probably need... I mean, I don't even know how they would test that. I mean, you'd have to have some embryos that you're just like, okay, well, we're going to try this with your baby. You'd have to have people signing off on that or, I don't know, maybe they're just getting embryos from from, from a bank and like sperm from a sperm bank and just be like, all right, well, we'll try it. Not, not that I'm condoning any of that, but I mean, they would have to have trials with that. Steve, what else is going on?
1: Well, if this all sounds a little too impersonal, cold and disconnected to you aljali says he has more technology to soothe your mind think you might miss the feeling of the baby kicking boom the haptic suit can bring the sensation back for any parent that wants it and only if they want it want to see the beginning of the life from your kid's point of view throw the vr set on tune to 360 degree camera turn it on anytime you like what's more if you don't dig the idea of your precious bundle of joy grown in a 400-pound baby lab at a baby farm boasting 75 of those labs and pumping out 30,000 babies a year, you could have the battery-powered pod installed in your own home. Heck, keep it there post-birth and get some little brothers and sisters happening. Don't anybody touch the artificial pod. <laughs> We're going to use it again. We okay. just got it cleaned. Cover it up with the blanket until next time. You might not have the same intensely human birthing suite experience as the billions of parents before you. But on the other hand, you'll arrive at your first day on that tough job of parenthood feeling physically refreshed and well rested instead of having been gradually weighed down and latched onto by a parasitic organism that tends to leave a rather path of destruction upon its exit in the best case scenario. Given the option, I'm sure that moms would choose to push the button and watch the little pod open up.
0: Maybe. Maybe. I mean, you have to think about the people that are pushing this idea, like Agali. Ah, I mean, ultimately, they're pushing it as a convenience. But ultimately, we know that it's, a, it's for money making. So all these things that they're portraying as, well, look at it this way. You don't have to go through this and you don't have to go through that. I think a lot of that that a that a woman goes through during pregnancy and childbirth is part of the connection um yeah, you can have that haptic suit, yeah, you can have the v r but are we supposed to have that is is all that is is a woman supposed to go through that type of you know pain or uncomfortability so that when the baby's born it's like that's part of the connection. Like, oh, I went through all this for you. Because I know when I talked to my wife, she was like, yeah, it, it's painful. Um, but the second the baby's born, you you forget about it, which obviously was the case with us. I mean, we had four children. So to want to do it four times, it had to be worth it. I mean, it, it definitely was. But, I mean, you know what I mean? Like, I was on night shift with
1: Jax uh, for feeding. My wife was, you know, sleeping, and I would be – right next to the bassinet and when Jax would get up I would have him in his room with the little stars on in the humidifier and I would hold to him and I would sing to him and I would look at his little eyes looking up, up at me and those nights I really felt like we bonded for a lifetime. Like that right. that was our bond, our bonding our first bonding period and it was definitely important and I can definitely relate to a mom saying that she's bonded with that child because the child had come from inside of her. That, that could truly be that mother-child uh, bond that is so important. And if that's the case, then I feel bad for ectolife. But there's also a point of a child where they forget stuff. Kids aren't really online until they're a little bit later in life. Yeah, probably like three years old. So if they haven't imprinted, if they're if they're coming from this ecto life and all they really feel is the inside of this artificial womb and they haven't imprinted yet. And also, at an early age, a child is only able to imprint on one parent at a time. Right. That's why it can be like a big mommy phase or a big daddy phase. Um so if they if they haven't imprinted on anything and they come out, then it's not to say that they may not imprint on the father first. The father could be right there as well and be very caring in that child's life while the mother's working and the baby could imprint on the father first and imprint very hard on that. So I don't know uh, if I like the the concept, but it's definitely
0: interesting. It is because... You know, as for me with my four kids, I I had the pleasure of staying home with them um, while my wife was working outside the house. I was working inside the house, but I was able to uh, be with them all the time. And my wife would come home from work sometimes and she would be, for the lack of a better term, expecting like a a warm welcome, but the kids were all gathered around me. You know, I was holding one of them and she'd be like, it almost seems like, uh, they like, they don't like me. And I'm like, well, that's not the case. You're their mother. It's just, I'm their constant right now. I was like, that will switch gears as they get older. I was like, cause as we have two boys, two girls, I was like, cause as the boys get older, I'm going to have to take on the role with them because I said to her, quite honestly, you, you don't know how to to make them into a man versus I was like with our two daughters, I was like, those roles are going to switch too because I don't know how to help them become young women and you know, and, and prepare them for life as, as women. So, you know, it's got its ups and downs. Um, but I think like what you were saying when you were holding your son and he's looking up at you, if they would be able to extend the gestation period, then you might not even have that because maybe the baby from the time the pod's open is sleeping through the night or it doesn't need to feed every three hours and things of that nature. So you, you could potentially miss those bonding moments of, you know, waking up at three o'clock in the morning and, you know, trying to get them back to sleep or giving them their feeding because they don't need it anymore. I'm cool with missing that part. Um We, we always breastfed. So that was really always on my wife. There wasn't really anything I could do. So I, I'll admit it. I always just stayed asleep. But, you know. Who knows? I mean, I'm sure there's women out there that would miss that, that are looking forward to that bonding experience. So let's just see. Um, It all starts out, uh, (coughs) Algali feels as the only option for certain parents, those who can't conceive or bear kids naturally. But as it's refined and proven, it'll become an option for all prospective parents, Linking in easily with the IVF, genetic screening, embryo selection, genetic potential modeling, modeling, and genetic engineering. We know it's coming rapidly down the chute. Now, once it's well-developed and available, it might start looking like a pretty active option for folks like the, <laughs> that like the idea of a baby, but can't see why they should have to go through the ordeals of pregnancy and childbirth to get one. Heck, you might not even need a day off. Just hold hands with your significant other after a day at the office, head down to the baby farm, <clears throat> pop the lid on life as a parent. Ectolife will even hook up with a free genetic test to make sure you're not heading home with the wrong child. Now, that's the argument in a nutshell for you know growing your children in an artificial nutshell. You can explore it in more detail in, in the extraordinary video on YouTube, and we're not going to lie, you know this concept can come across as pretty twisted, inhuman, and dystopian. But given the Matrix reminiscent layout of ecto life facility, and a certain Paul Verhoeven esque quality in narration, one gets the impression that Agali wants to provoke strong reaction. Now, a father's perspective, like we were saying, could have been: I have kids that I feel connected with and close to. Man, I didn't have to go through the pregnancy or labor. That bit was all that it was all on the mother so how could we be in a position to criticize the idea so i mean there's different thought thought processes that you have to go through um while considering this ecto life now if it's if it's the only option in the future you know if something happens uh that human beings can't procreate like they normally would you know, maybe this would be a viable. I mean, it, it really all depends because you're going to have ethics come into evolve. You're going to have religion come into play with a lot of folks and, and just basically the whole morality of it all. It's going to be one big, oh, I don't want to say argument, but it, it will turn into an argument. But It's going to be a big discussion on, you know, whether we should or should, because we're, as of right now, like even with the topic of abortion, no matter how you stand on it, you have people that protest it. You have people that are there for it, and uh, or cloning. Yeah, or cloning. I mean, is it right? Should it be done? I mean, it depends on how you were raised and what your moral uh, background is. Now, if you're thinking like, okay, well, this uh, this isn't something that's going to happen in the in, to, in too near of the future, well. There's already been an artificial womb that successfully, successfully grew baby sheep. And, you know, humans could be next. Um, there was an artificial womb that can grow baby sheep. This artificial womb successfully grew baby sheep. And humans could be next. There's an inside what looked like oversized, oh, excuse me, inside what looks like an oversized Ziploc bag strewn with tubes of blood and fluid. Eight fetal lambs continue to develop much like they would have inside their mothers. Over four weeks, their lungs and brains grew, they sprouted wool, and opened their eyes, wiggled around, and learned to swallow, according to a new study that takes the first step towards an artificial womb. One day, this device could help to bring premature babies to term outside of the uterus, but right now, it has only been tested on sheep. Now, it's appealing to imagine a world where artificial womb grow babies, eliminating the health risk of pregnancy, But it's important to not get ahead of the data, says Alan Flake, fetal surgeon at the Children's Hospital of Philadelphia and lead author of today's study. It's complete science fiction to think that you can take an embryo and get it through the early developmental process and put it on our machine without the mother being the critical element there, he says. Instead, the point of developing an external womb, which his team calls the bio bag, is to give infants born months too early a more natural uterus-like environment to continue developing. The bio-bag may not look like much of a womb, but it contains the same key parts, a clear plastic bag that encloses the fetal lamb and protects it from the outside world, like the uterus would, an electrolyte solution that bathes the lamb similarly to the amniotic fluid in the uterus, and a way for the fetus to circulate its blood and exchange carbon dioxide for oxygen. Flake and his colleagues published their results in a journal in, Natch- in Nature Communication. Flake hopes the bio bag will improve the care options for extremely premature infants who have well-documented dismal outcomes. He says prematurity is the leading cause of death for newborns. In the U.S., about 10% of babies are born premature, which means they were born before they reached 37 weeks of pregnancy. About 6% or 30,000 of those births are considered extremely premature, which means that they were born at or before the
1: 28-week pregnancy. Fultz, I got a story for you. Please. So during uh, the pregnancy with Jackson, my wife would get this feeling uh, over and over again. And it was uh, not a good feeling. But it was a weird feeling, and it was almost like uh, you would need an antacid to cure it. So she's getting this feeling, she's getting this feeling. We go in for a sonogram together and I went to all the you know the meetings. Sure. Daddy got to come to all the meetings. And we get this sonogram and the lady goes, "Oh look, he's got his toes tucked up under your ribs and he's pushing them out." Ooh. And she was like, "That's it. He was taking his toes Like hooking him on the inside of her rib cage and just stretching, stretching his body out, and that was the feeling she was getting. She was like, "Tell him to stop doing it." And what's even funnier is, after he came out, she would you know have him on her belly and chest, and he would dig his little toes in. That's incredible. Oh my god, dude! When we figured that one out, I was like, and you know it was sonogram. It was like chance that we ever figured that out at all but it was
0: so weird oh it is weird i can remember my wife being like oh the baby's stretching and she would pull up her shirt to her belly and you could see the foot pushing against her stomach it was just crazy i mean so again there's something that you wouldn't necessarily be able to experience um with a well either with a bio bag or this um This, uh, they, they, they did successfully take, um, these, uh, what was it between four and eight of these, these premature lambs. I believe it was, uh, I believe it was eight. And, uh, you can look that up, hit that into your search engine and you'll see this lamb inside this bio bag with all these tubes coming in and out of it with this artificial amniotic fluid. And this lamb is moving its legs. It's moving its eyes. It's basically like you're looking through a transparent belly of a, uh, you know, of, a, of, a,
1: of the lamb. Cool thing about that one is that they can uh, develop the lungs. A lot of times with preemies, that's one of the last things to develop is the lungs. Right. Then you get all of the asthma and the lung diseases. But with these uh, bags, the bio bags, you can get them in there. You can continue the development for the full gestation period, or if not longer, if they need it. And that's 100% positive.
0: Yeah, I agree. I agree, so I mean that's this is where the future could be potentially going. Um, that's ectolife, no matter what you may think of it or what your opinion is of it. It seems like from from what the experts are saying, the technology is there, just the facilities aren't aren't, aren't made yet, and like Steve said, we're growing uh, our technology at an incredible rate every day there's something brand new that's quote unquote made to make our lives easier. Um, Will ecto life in our lifetime be something that, uh, that we see come to fruition or will be something that our, our kids or our grandkids are doing on a regular basis. And I I would think that after a few generations of this being, it would just become normal day.
1: I I agree. And I think the demand is there. If you look at Hollywood right now and, IVF, uh, as far as surrogacy goes, the demand for surrogacy has never been higher, and that's because the technology is now getting to the point of sustainability where it's it's now safe and optimal to do. People are doing it often, and these celebrities who don't want to take all that time off from acting, they don't want to take all the time off from their lives. They hire a surrogate. The surrogate goes through it. But it's, I mean, the baby is from the mom and the dad. It's just grown in another person. And then they have their child come out. You know, and it's the same setup where you're doing a movie one day and then the next day you're welcoming your child into the world. So the demand is there where there's a demand and a way to make money. They're going to fill it. And to see this technology that is absolutely light years into the future becoming part of what we are about to live through right now is amazing.
0: Yeah, uh, I agree. And to quote Keanu Reeves, he said the matrix was a documentary. So I always thought that 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 quote from him was extremely interesting. And you know, with Ecto life and the possibilities coming up so, so quickly, I think he was right. Me too. I mean, one last point I want to make, um, that could maybe fall on the negative side I mean obviously there's going to be lots of debate on what's the negative side of this but you have to think with with being born in one of these ectolife pods and they can give you everything you need as far as nutrients to go from you know from conception to uh, to nine months what else could they be able to put in that I mean if they're if they're able to take out disease is there anything that they could be able to put in that you ne- wouldn't necessarily know about like uh, programming them to this child never goes against the government or it never questions authority. And this that, I mean, that would be a part of parenthood that you really wouldn't have any hand in or be responsible for, uh, uh, for teaching your children being like, well, you know, don't trust the government. Don't trust this person or that person question everything. These children may not question anything and just be like, well, our true quote unquote creators have always told us or programmed us or implanted us with we don't go against that narrative right we're complicit yeah totally complicit so well i guess uh you know just like all of our other shows that we've done you know this is up to you i mean this is just the information this is what the future looks like it's going to be headed towards so when it happens you just need to be the judge on is it right for you is it going to be right for your children's children and is this going to be the way of the future in all households or just some will there be a rebellion against it Will there be people fighting against it i'm sure but i guess uh the future is unknown at this point so we just have to sit back and watch so uh that's our uh that's our podcast on echo life hope you enjoyed it we got a ton of other shows coming down the pike That are going to be really involved. We're going to be, we got some alien things coming up. You knew I had to throw aliens in there. Uh, We have all kinds of different mind twisting and mind bending podcasts coming up, which we're excited to get into. And uh, we'll get to that. But until then, I'm folks. And I'm Steve. And we'll see you next time. Take care of one another. Bye bye.